0: chapter 9, verses 30 through to chapter 10, verse 21, which will be found on page 918 in the pockets on the back of your um, chairs. So that's Romans chapter 9, commencing at verse 30. What then shall we say? That the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained it, a righteousness that is by faith, but the people of Israel who pursued the law as the way of righteousness have not attained their goal? Why not? Because they pursued it not by faith, but as if it were by works. They stumbled over the stumbling block. As it is written, See, I lay in Zion a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall, and the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved, for I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they did not know the righteousness of God, And sought to establish their own. They did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Moses writes this about righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? that is, to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart, that is, the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and you are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed your message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. But I ask, did they not hear? Of course they did. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. Again I ask, did Israel not understand? First, Moses says, I will make you envious of those who are not a nation. I will make you angry by a nation that has no understanding. And Isaiah boldly says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. But concerning Israel, he says, all day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. This is the word of the Lord.
1: And just as David comes up to share the message with us, if um, there are children who would like to draw or colour, there are activity clipboards just beside the sound desk. As we come to this passage uh, in Romans, we are travelling through this magnificent book of Romans and as we come to this section, let's um, pray again and ask the Lord for his enlightenment, that he'd switch some lights on in our hearts and our minds. Lord, you're the one who spoke at the beginning of the universe and said, let there be light, and there was light. And we're humbling ar- asking... This morning, that you would speak again and you'd switch lights on in our hearts, so that we could see, Lord, and that we could rejoice uh, in who you are and in your love and faithfulness to us. Yeah, we pray these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder if you've ever thought about the subject of acceptance because I remember when I was a kid at school um, that I really, really wanted to be accepted amongst the other kids that mattered. And, uh, and to be rejected um, from that group of kids was, in my mind, the end of the world. I was going to be cast into outer darkness if, um, if I wasn't accepted remember that um, I had to wear the right jeans and uh, have the right shoes and have the right haircut or if you just did not have these uh, outward that that would bring uh, acceptance, that was a big, big problem for my life. Major problem. Or... Think about when you're applying to go to uni. Uh, you want to be accepted in, and so you go to the uni and you have your academic record, and you go and you say, "Uni, I am worthy of you accepting me. Can't you? Can't you see? <laughs> this is my performance uh, record. You should let me in. Acknowledge that I am." Worthy of your acceptance. I should be amongst you. Or think about when you're applying for a job. You (coughs) write out your resume and it's a description of who you are. (laughs) There it is. Who I am. David Strong. All on a resume. And you take it to your prospective employer as as your validating performance record. And you are in effect saying to the employer, "You should be award me this job. Can you, you see who I am <laughs> uh, Can't you see that I should be accepted I should be counted worthy uh, to to be in Many of you have been following uh, on the news like I have. Um, the Supreme Court nomination in the US of Brett Kavanaugh to um, to be on the Supreme Court and he has got a very impressive performance record of all these accomplishments of all that he has done the problem is is what if your performance record someone puts a big smudge over it um, or you've got a smudge on your performance record and 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 so whether you are allowed in depends very very much on your record, what you have done, what you've done. And if um, the smudge sticks on your life, then there's many things that you are excluded from. You're not accepted. All these examples have something in common with what the Bible calls righteousness. I'll tell you what I mean. Righteousness, human righteousness, our righteousness, uh, has to do with God's acceptance of us. Because it's one thing for me to get approved by the kids at school. (laughs) I just got to wear the right jeans. and That's one thing. Or it's one thing to be accepted by an employer. I can, I can somehow impress them. But when you're talking about God, how do we get accepted? The God who is pure than snow, who is brighter than the sun, that is more powerful than 10,000 nuclear explosions, will he, the God of all time, from eternity past, he's existed, and to all eternity in the future, will he accept me? Will he accept me? And the answer of the Bible is, not as I am. Not as I am naturally. I mean, I can pull, um, I can pull the wool over your eyes. I can, I can dress up, um, and I can give a pretty good impression. <laughs> but not God, because He sees. He sees your heart, and He sees my heart. Listen to what it says in Isaiah fifty-one. It says, "Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being." Purge me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. He's not talking about the outer, he's talking about the inner. <laughs> Think of clothes. Um, when I was a little boy and lived on the farm, if I came in and I was covered with silage and I stank or um, sheep or cow manure all over me, my mum would say, no, I've just cleaned the house, you cannot come in. Go out, go out, wash, and then you can come in onto the carpet. But you're you're excluded at this point. You've got to be clean. And in a similar way, God is saying... You've got to be clean, but not the outward, but the inward. You've got to be righteous. It's the the very essence of who we are. (laughs) The the very depths of who we are. The, 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 The deepest part of who I am and who you are has got to be clean to be able to come in, to be Accepted by God. Do you know deep down we all know the importance of acceptance, because of righteousness, I mean? Because when someone makes uh, an accusation against me, I automatically go into the mode where my heart starts to pump and I start to tell you why you should consider that I am right. (laughs) Do not put a smudge on my character. I'm right. (laughs) Don't you see? Don't you see who I am? Because there's something very deep in me that's crying out that I'm right. I, I want to be righteous. I want to be seen as a good a good person. And if we don't have righteousness before God, we don't have a leg to stand on. we can't stand before God. So one of the key themes in Romans chapter 30 down to 10, 15 is that of righteousness seven times the word righteousness and so I want to explore with you three things what is righteousness how do we get it and why do we need it number one what is righteousness well we've already said much on that to be righteous is to be able to and this is incredible think of this To be righteous is to be able to stand before God and not die, but be accepted. Not only not die, but be accepted for him to look at us and to look at me and to find nothing offensive. Can you imagine that? Standing before the living God and him to find nothing offensive, to look on you with pleasure and acceptance. Do you know in the Old Testament the high priest would come once a year into the Holy of Holies, into the very presence of God and he would go, do all these ritual washing, washings heaps of times and put all these special clothes on and bring blood uh, as a covering of, and, and that's the way he would enter into the presence of God because righteousness mattered to be able to come into the presence of of God what is righteousness it's that standing before God of, and him accepting us but how number two do you get it and here we turn to the text itself and the answer there's, there's two answers really in the passage that we're looking at um, this morning Listen, for example, to Romans chapter 10, verse 5. Moses writes about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. Do you know ancient Israel were given uh, a law, beautiful law, ceremonial law, a moral law, civil law, they were given these laws. And, and Moses writes about the, the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. So so now God has given a law, the God of heaven, gives a law to his people, and and if they can do them, they're righteous. They they live. (laughs) The problem is that no one could do them. No one. No one at all could do them. Everyone failed. And so these laws, as beautiful as they ever were, become this condemnation they sort of start to crush because we fail and fail and fail. So, for, so what was supposed to bring righteousness brings condemnation and a crushing of us. Do you know we fail even by our own standards, let alone by God's standards? If I asked you the way that you think human beings should live, and I wrote it down, and then i put a recorder around your neck and had it for the rest of your life and the end of your life um, we just had your standards here and then i pressed play on your life you wouldn't even you wouldn't even stand by your you wouldn't even be righteous by your own standards let alone god's But the people, it says in Romans 9, of Israel who pursued the law as a way of righteousness have not attained their goal. Why not? Because they pursued it as though it were, as if it were, by works. They they pursued righteousness by the law. (laughs) They they pursued righteousness. They, they 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 were in pursuit of something what was their goal what were they hunting what were they aiming for they were aiming for righteousness how are they doing it they were doing it as though it were by works as though it was their their righteousness will be if i get all this stuff done then i god will award me and give me a stamp and say you are righteous and god says that was never the way actually ever the way You're supposed to get to righteousness. Because do you remember Abraham? God spoke to him and gave him a promise. And it says Abraham believed God and God credited to him as righteousness. He, He believed the promise. Since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own and did not submit to God's righteousness you know that's a problem for me? Wow. And a problem for you. We seek to establish our own righteousness. To work really, really hard so others, and can't you see God? Can you not see that I have lived a good life? Can you not see all the things that I've done, the money that I've given, the ways that I've served? Can't you see my character? Can you not see God? Trying to establish a righteousness of my own and failing. So that's the first answer. But the second answer is an extraordinary one. Revolutionary. Because it says in Romans 9, What then shall we say? the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained it, a righteousness that is by faith.
0: Hmm.
1: I I mean, all my life, (laughs) am I not living in my life to to give a performance record so that I'm righteous, so that you will think that I'm righteous, so that God will think I'm righteous, and so that I'm accumulating this record (laughs) so that everyone will see that I'm righteous. Isn't that not what I'm doing? But this says that the Gentiles, who did not receive the law, who did not receive the ceremonial law, or the, any of, they, they were up to no good, but they have received a righteousness, they have obtained it, through faith. Through faith. What is going on here? What is going on is that Christ has come. Christ has come. And, and he works a work of righteousness. You, you see, Christ comes and is totally obedient to his father. Everything his father ever asked him to do, he does it perfectly. There's no way that he breaks the law at all, ever. And not only that but he is obedient to his father even to go to the cross and die and shed his blood in our place and rise again. And it is his work that now is our righteousness and the Gentiles have received it by faith, not by their works, not by the stuff that they do. It is all a gift. If I came to you and gave you a gift and said, here is a gift, and you tried to give me money for it, I would be offended. It's not a gift if, if you give me money for it. God is coming with this gift, like a pure gift of righteousness, the most precious gift that you could ever imagine, like ever imagine, like ever imagine, the purity God is giving the righteousness of Jesus through his death and resurrection. He is giving us so that we could stand. That we could actually stand before the living God and for him to accept us, to find nothing offensive in us. Not because we've been that good. We haven't. But because we have, by faith, by faith, by trusting, by laying hold in our hearts on what God has done in Christ, you see. And now the righteousness of Christ is yours. It's imputed is the big theological word. Imputed to you. It's put on you. Now you have this robe of white. And I know I'm a sinner and you are too. But there is one who came and died for your sin. He worked the work of God. And he rose in power. This is the essential Christian message. That he rose in power. That you would be clean. That you would, on that great day, that you would stand before him. And he would count you his own child. Notice. Notice that it's by faith. It says in one of the most beautiful and famous verses in Romans, Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Culmination. What does culmination mean? It's like the fulfilment, it's like the end, it's like the goal. Christ is the goal of the law. So you think of that law that God gave, the Ten Commandments, but more than that, all the ceremonial laws, all the God, the beautiful laws that God gives, and, and Paul is saying here Christ is the culmination of the law. So I think of it um, like a trail of gunpowder and at the end of the gunpowder there's the bomb and here's the trail of gunpowder it's the law and it's just trailing along until it reaches the bomb which is Christ because he's a person he's not just a list of things that have to be done he is now a person given and that bomb explodes and explodes righteousness over anyone who would believe he's the culmination of the law The law now no longer, yes, there is a sense in which we are under Christ's law. But we are not saved by God's law. We're saved through the culmination of the law. Who is Christ? Died and risen again for us. It says, listen to how easy... Listen to this, the word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I just want you to hear the availability of that. You do not have to go to the heavens. You don't have to make some trek to some high height to get righteousness. You don't have to go to the depths. You don't have to go make some great exploration. And You do not have to do that. It is very near you. This, this righteousness of God is very near to us. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, Lord, Kyrios, King of Kings, the one that rules over everything, over all the nations, the one before all the devils of hell will have to bow, the the one who all the angels worship and will gather all things at the end of time in his worship. If you declare that he is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, (laughs) that is the message, the Christian message that God has sent his son, died and risen, if you declare with your mouth, wow, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Always to stand before God, not because of what you've done in your performance record, but what God has done in Christ. Saved. Lastly, number one, What is righteousness? Number two, how do we get it? We get it by faith, believing, believing, believing. Not by works, by faith, trusting the message. And number three, why do we need it? Do you see that phrase there? If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from dead, you will be saved. Three times that word appears in this passage. The word saved. What does it mean? Saved. This is not a common concept in our culture at all. But the way that God sees the world is that we are kind of like a drowning people. That, that we're drowning, that we're in great, 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 terrible danger. And not many people see this at all. But if you want to know why I'm a preacher, a little preacher of this great gospel, it's because I think this is desperately, desperately important for people to be saved. To be saved from what? To be saved from darkness. from To be saved from terrible, terrible danger of prison. I am in mean a spiritual prison, to be saved from death, to be saved from God's wrath, to be saved. But this is saying that if you declare with, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, wow, you will be saved. Amazing, all dependent or what God has done in Christ, saved forever, forever. Like no one would ever be able to snatch you out of God's hands. No one. You, you would be forever his, treasured by him, loved by him, accepted by him. He is your, he would, you would be his precious, precious child, saved because you've trusted in the one that he sent in Jesus Let me as we finish just say something about your beautiful feet listen to how Romans 10 verse 14 and 15 goes it says how then will they call on the one they have not believed in and how can they believe in the one of whom they have never heard and how can they hear without someone preaching to them and how can anyone preach unless they are sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news beautiful feet um Paul asked the question, we've got this tremendous thing, salvation. And and we get saved by calling. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Oh, I love that promise. Just just all it requires is calling. But he says, but how can they call unless if they haven't believed in God? And how can they believe if they've never heard the gospel message? And how can they hear the gospel message without someone preaching? And how can someone preach uh, unless they've been sent? And then he says, how beautiful, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news can you imagine being in a second world war concentration camp and you're locked in and it is filthy like it is horrible and you're suffering you've got hardly any food and no toileting facilities and and hardly any clothes and it's it's terrible and then someone is coming over the hill a messenger and they are running and they're crying out victory victory there's been victory we've won and and that is a declaration that, that, that the doors of the concentration camp are now opening because you're not the, the, the victory has been now declared you are set free this is a messenger and he has got feet beautiful feet <laughs> that come and declare freedom and and what paul is saying that that we are declarers of victory the victory of christ of freedom of salvation and he says what beautiful feet and there are people i know many in this room you've got beautiful feet you laugh you just love to tell in your own way some of us we're just stumbling bumbling way but that can be the most beautiful way um, of of God's salvation in Christ so I want to be a person I really do um, and I want us all to be people that have got beautiful feet um, because of this message of righteousness that God has given to in Christ, a, a gift, a free gift. Let me pray. Lord, your gifts are like no gift we've ever received at Christmas time no gift that we've ever received for a birthday, no gift we've ever received for an inheritance, they're all pale into insignificance compared to the gift, the gift. The gift of salvation because of the righteousness that you give us as a gift in Christ. Lord, please help me and help my brothers and sisters here have beautiful feet to be able to speak of, of this gift in Jesus name